Hey y'all, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Modern Refinery. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are talking about Tyler the Creator and his new album, Call Me If You Get Lost. We hope you enjoy it. If you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. Okay, Kyle, I'm very happy to be joining with you, but I'm much happier for the advent of air conditioning because it is hot outside. Um, It's disgusting out. Yeah, it's not not worth being outside. I don't know if this is a heat dome or sub-heat vortex or hell is literally on Earth now, but it is hot and I'd rather be in a pool of ice cold water right now yeah i can't be going out Uh, there's no i've been just like working out inside and you know like not uh, the bags outside can't do that we'll have a heart attack yeah i mean i feel bad for all the people at west because obviously it was absolutely terrible uh there was like whole towns getting you know fucked up by wildfires and stuff so we are getting like a tenth of that and you know uh, i'm happy that you know we're not having to go through what they're going through and you know props to everyone out there who you know survived it and is still doing okay yeah uh thank you and props to you know all the firefighters going out there it's awful what's happening right now it's too hot for you know really anybody but don't leave your dogs in your cars if you're listening to this because it is hot outside yeah because i know some people are trying to act like global warming is a marxist conspiracy but the shit is here the shit is real and uh yeah too fucking hot the ocean is on fire as we speak oh yeah and the ocean was on fire i forgot about that part uh, i feel like in a normal world that shouldn't happen but again this is not a political podcast so i will leave it at that <laughs> so Today, we have a very interesting topic to get to. We are talking about the Tyler, the Creator, Gangsta Grills, I will call it, but it's Tyler, the Creator's Call Me If You Get Lost, um, featuring DJ Drama. I'm really excited to get in this album. I think this album has been the talk of the town for the last little bit since it's been out for a week or so. I'm really excited by it. Uh, Tyler has come a long way. He's put out a lot of interesting albums and features. He is not the Tyler that we were introduced to at 19. And I think this album is reminding us that, you know, he's grown. Uh, Me and Tyler are actually the same age. So he is also about to turn 30. It's cool. This album is really cool. What did you think of this album? I mean... Like he credits West Side Gun for making him just kind of want to rap again, so like it's awesome to see him in the mood for that, and it's kind of very evident here. Uh, I clearly shows on the album. Uh, I mean, in a social media post, he, he credited West Side Gun. He went on to thank you know DJ Drama, who's fantastic, uh, Andre Benjamin, Lupe Fiasco, Lil Wayne, uh, who makes an appearance on this album, and Jay Z, among other uh, you know luminaries, uh, and also. With the thanking of West Side Gun, we have to give props to the Griselda team again, who very subtly find their way to influence, uh, you know, the heights of hip hop these days, uh, over and over again. And uh, what we've learned from that is, should we, should we like have a, a talk and a moment for that though? Because I think, yeah, this is something that we've said on this podcast many times. You know, locally in Toronto, internationally, we're seeing the reverberations of Griselda and what they've done 
influence people, get people back rapping, get older people to be, you know, less afraid to do boom bap type stuff, the early New York influence. Like, I, I know we've had a talk about rap groups before this, but I think it, you can't really understate their influence on rap as a whole right now. Like, as much as, in my mind, I don't think they have a, a huge fan base that's a younger audience, but what they've done is reinvigorate an older generation and people who really like a certain brand of rap music to rap again and make interesting music again. And I think even Tyler cre- uh, crediting them is a huge, huge thing because Tyler is a big artist right now. Um, it has been for a long time, maybe not always reflected on the charts, but the project that they started in Buffalo, New York has grown and has taken over in the world in a major way and changed rap as we know it in a lot of ways. I mean, this is just another moment where we realize that Griselda and its members are dope as fuck. And I, I, I think it's it's one of those things where I think your sensibilities, I, inevitably your sensibilities change as you get older. And I think that's why, you know, you're seeing artists like Tyler, the creator, as they start to mature and, you know, like, I mean, it, age, it, it, it changes the way you view artistry. And, you know, uh, there are times where, you know, you're putting out stuff that is aligned with, you know, a more youthful energy or with a more, um, you know, a youthful pop cultural sense. But I think that what Griselda does is it brings people back to the bare bones of what hip hop is. Even someone like Tyler, the creator, who... You know, if you look at Igor, it's a very, you know, pop album. And it, it, they they kind of get that back into you and make you, you know, want to get back into it. And uh, I think that's really great. I think Tyler, the Creator, crediting West Side Gun definitely moves the Griselda needle and acclaim even more in terms of, you know, just their effect on the industry as a whole. And I think, you know, their, their impact might not be reflected on the charts, but because of their impact in the streets and in people's ears and places that it matters, that I think has a longer lasting legacy than, you know, uh, the fad of the day or the person who's charting today or making the albums that, you know, are populating TikTok today. Um, so as much as they might not reach certain audiences, the audiences they are reaching are going to impact people further. And, you know, I think we're going to get another Jay-Z album at some point, And I think we're going to have some Griselda fingers on it yeah. or people on it. And I, and I think that, you know, that's going to be a result of them. And I also, also think that they're a testament to like not really giving up. Right. Like they are all, you know, upper thirties, which we've talked about before on this podcast, they have done something by being consistent, by focusing on, you know, their core fan base reaching out to people, you know, they've collaborated with, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills. They've done stuff with, you know, WWE in the wrestling world, you know, all things that matter to them. Um, and they've gotten us some really good albums by them, tertiary albums, albums they've been featured on and albums by people who don't know them, but are influenced by what they're doing. And I think that is really important and that should not be understated. And they act as, there's also, you know, how they 
interact with artists like Tyler the Creator as peers. I know when uh, BET asked West Side Gun about, you know, saying, hey, did you hear that, you know, Tyler the Creator said this? And they're like, yeah, we, you know, <clears throat> he, he was like, we're talking, you know, we talk all the time. And I send stuff to him. He sends stuff to me. We get opinions. We get ideas. And, like, that's what you want. That's what you want among a hip-hop community is, like, the free flow of ideas, mentorship versus, you know, maybe the younger generation also kicking some, you know, exuberance and influence back to older artists as well. And there's this idea of, again, the free exchange uh, of creative energy and i i think their if their ability to do that is fantastic i mean you're also seeing that from freddie gibbs you're seeing you know again the older we talk about all the time because uh one of the themes i i feel like on this pod is what do you, you know you like aging out of hip-hop and like how do how does hip-hop age and they're again another example of how it can age well and how it can transfer influence you know to an album like this which is going to go down i think it's going to be on every single top 10 list in terms of best albums of the year because uh it, it's really fantastic i feel like this is the strongest rapping he's done in his career from just a bar standpoint you know at times it's a laid back but on point especially in tracks like the opener um sir baudelaire but with a little more malice on tracks like manifesto and it's probably the most lyrically dense closest thing to like a traditional hip-hop album that he's done and i think that really shows versatility in his delivery you know as as well as his artistic vision and i think it was really interesting uh to listen to it and in, i'm just like listening to it nonstop. to be very honest with you so where were we when we last last left tyler uh, you know, he just put out what was Igor last, or was it Flower Boy? Uh, it was Igor. Igor. Okay, so we just put out Igor, and I think that shifted a lot of his momentum and the way people viewed him. But I also think Flower Boy had that effect as well. Like I think that he has been slowly turning his lane around and. The, the the kind of culture around him around in the last few releases. And I think that he presents himself as a much different artist than he did, you know, what he's been around for almost 10 years now. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been, he's been around for a while. He's put a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's hard to put out two super important albums in a row, but he was able to do that with flower boy and Igor, you know, Igor, was a bit of a phenomenon. It was a number one. I think it was his first number one, uh, wildly popular, you know, it was loosely based on this narrative about, you know, a love triangle. And, um, it, it had Jared Carmichael as a narrator, which I loved, uh, on this, like I, me and Samantha went and checked out, uh, checked him out when he was at, uh, uh, the artist formerly known as the Air Canada Center, and he uh, like was he was he was that the tour where he's in the wigs? Is that yeah 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 yeah. That? So th- yeah, that was it. And he it's we're talking ninety minutes unaccompanied on stage, and yeah. you know when I saw him do that, I'm like that's ballsy, and uh, it was a just a really really good show, and he he keeps that energy up, and he, he gives that energy to the crowd, and he's dancing, he's performing, he's playing piano, he's rapping, he's singing, and just like. I really thought that it was this, and it's interesting too, because like the album doesn't have, I, I don't think it has any features on it, maybe one, but 
it kind of it, it was a very like i guess more personal album uh from a self-expression point of view and that kind of dripped down into the stage performance and then the but the concept album of it and the the concept and the art and 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 the and the fashion associated with it was really put into the stage show and it was just really fucking good right and then flower boy was this like dreamy album that played with instrumentation it has these hazy synths that almost like harken back to like r&b acts from like the late 70s which and i'm inclined to think it's probably his best but i mean we'll get into that so i mean like going into call me if you get lost i mean he had released two albums that were i believe are going to be certified classics and if you can string three together like not a lot of people can do that like you're on a run you like you're getting a heat check uh as a result of that and i i think that's where he is right now and i i think Igor, after these two albums, and, and the phenomenon of Igor is that, like, you could have dropped off, especially when he's like, I'm going to just kind of, um, you know, pivot just a little bit, have it more rap-oriented, have it be a little bit more, uh, in, like, based in rap, rap classicism. Uh, but, you know, he positioned himself well, a hard situation, and he ended up, you know, kind of really kind of attacking it fucking well. Did Igor deserve the rap album of the year Grammy that it got? I just don't even know if it's a rap album. Like, it's a pop album to me. Like, you know, I'm not and saying... I, think that, I, I don't think... I it think did, that... Yeah. Like, that's... I think that Tyler has said that and, admit, and, and, and admitted that. Yeah. Like, I it, it, I have no problem with it receiving accolades. I just don't think it's a hip-hop album. Like, I, if we're starting to classify it for awards. It's a pop album. Like, okay, so he's in that category. We have Igor, we have Revenge of the Dreamers 3, we have Championships by Meek Mill, we have I Am, I Was, 21 Savage, and we have The Lost Boy by YBN Corday. I mean, what album? Revenge of the, the, like, it's like that album. I think think Revenge, that album is But I think that's a really good rap category. It's a very good category. It's hard because Meek Meek Mill is good. That that Championships album by Meek Mill was one of the best kind of comeback resituations reset albums it was in a long time that's it was good it's a, it's a it's really a, good album it's a fucking hip-hop album like that is like a if you look up out hip-hop out in the dictionary this picture of meek mills being like talking about it and it's um yep. it's really so igor doesn't fit like i think that maybe you know the dreamville album just because it's wall to wall just insane the bars. Dreamville album i think deserves many many accolades i don't know if it got any did it no it gets over it gets overshadowed by j cole's that album's like one of those albums albums. where like you know we're gonna come back to in 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 a few years which i think people kind of know it but it should be an award-winning album because that's what it feels like fuck yeah it should be it's incredible 21 savages i am i was also a really good hip-hop album good one too that's a good category like it's a strong category how do you think it compares to the Kendrick Lamar losing category with J- with Jay-Z, Drake, and Macklemore? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if I can put it on the same level because, like, it depends. I, I guess the Macklemore album is a hip-hop album. So it's like, but it's, is it more hip hop than than Igor is? I don't think it, I think Igor is a pop album, and I think that the Macklemore album is a bad rap album, I, which I think I agree with there wholeheartedly what about i feel like tyler the creator's album could kind of go into urban contemporary yeah like that's what i'm saying like i i I feel like it's it's a super like it's a main it's a super mainstream release and it's the sound is geared towards it like you're not 
it's yeah i like it being in a hip-hop category and this isn't talking shit about it this is just like what is it no right this is it's, just we're, like we're what crazy, is crazy because we, we also like that album yeah so like i'm just like that uh, it does not go into hip hop album, especially when you're like, again, with Meek Mill, Twenty One Savage, and Dreamville, which is just like rap Olympics, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So, like, no, like, no. The, the answer is, uh, I guess the Macklemore thing is just embarrassing because it's not good. But I, I, I mean, just, I think the Macklemore thing is embarrassing because you know it's. I think I believe that the category is nothing was the same. Uh, good Kid, Mad City. And uh, what what Jay Z album was it? Was it Magna Carta? Was it was it Magna Carta? Like I I think that the big thing is, it's like if it was a good album, then you could be like, if it was a good album, then you can just be like, okay, whatever. But it's just like you know your typical whitewashed. I need like white people to interpret hip hop for the suburbs that people thought existed in the eighties. And I'm just like, why is it here? So I mean, I, uh, Igor is just a really good album. So I would say it is less embarrassing. I I definitely think it's less embarrassing. Um, I think there's a conversation to be had about, uh, how Drake also had a commentary when hotline bling, I believe won a rap album, a rap song uh, award is that these black artists who primarily work in rap can't get recognized outside of that category when they make music that's not in that category. Yeah, like if if Drake puts out a fucking if Drake puts out a bluegrass album, are you gonna call it fucking like are you gonna call it rap just because that's what he does, or like vi- or like of any like apply that to any other rapper? I mean, like with Kanye West. And fucking Jesus is King, which no one should listen to. Uh, I mean, what was that in a Christian contemporary? Was that in the Christian contemporary? Was that a? Concert? It was in the Christian Christian contemporary. Yeah. So I mean, I guess he was able to. I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. To take it back a second. That category for Macklemore and Ryan and the Heist is nothing was the same by Drake. Big Kid Mad City by Kendrick. Great. Magna Carta by Jay-Z and yeah. Yeezus by Kanye West. Okay. It's like it's like other than Magna Carta, which is still better than Macklemore, even though it's it's a meh album, uh is yeah, still is Jay-Z on his worst day is better than Macklemore. It's better than Macklemore throwing their version yeah. like that version of fucking heat. So like like Yeezus is one of the most important hip hop albums of the last like fucking decade. Uh, Agreed. F- fucking uh, the Kendrick Lamar album is one of the most important. Mad City's instant, co- instant it's like classic. The, like it's it's a classic. It's it's, it's one of, one of the yeah. best debut albums of the last decade. I'm going to say if so far as one of the best if you're talking about ever. yeah, if you're talking about like again, we talked about this on the Reasonable Doubt Pod. Like the only ones, the only like debuts, like we like we were talking about being better was like Ready to Die. Illmatic and reasonable doubt like that's the level that that you have to compare it to so like what the fuck is this but then you know igor uh, at least it's good at least there's an artistic quality but like that's extra ridiculous because macklemore is just like i can't even yeah and i think like i don't have an issue with igor winning because i believe tyler you know deserved a grammy for that I think my issue is kind of more so like, you know, what gets nominated where and how does, how does that work? 100%. Uh, 
Uh, but I mean, I think like to get back to to this Tyler album, you know, do you think that at this point he is considered a mainstream artist? Is he still kind of fighting a battle there? You know, what happened? Like, does a Grammy make you mainstream? I guess would be my ultimate question. Yeah, I think so. Unless it's like contemporary flute playing or some shit like that or you know what i mean um yeah and i think when he drops albums now it's a big event i mean as much as you can anticipate albums these days so yeah i mean like when he announced that he was dropping this it was a big deal he put out the single lumberjack really good uh people got hyped for the album but especially after you know flower boy he became a fixture of anticipation because people love that album that album is genius like it's it's really fucking good like there's some tracks in there that are like show i would say if you look at the compare them to the previous work, like the amount of growth is staggering, right? And um, you know, people wanted he became a fixture in the listening calendar. People wanted to know what he's going to do. He wanted to know what kind of story he's going to tell, and you know where he's going to take it. He has albums debuting at number one. This one debuted at number one. And, you know, I think also with Flower Boy, he began moving away from work that people, myself included, found problematic, you know, and homophobic and like, you know, with rape imagery, but not like he's not expressing anything, you know, with, you know, and it's kind of given way to a more narrative about his own sexuality and really, you know, finding its way into his work from a narrative position. And, um, you know, especially when you consider tracks like When This Flower Blooms, which I think is probably the highlight of Flower Boy, like there there is massive artistic and like human growth. So his music being more accessible also helps for it leaning into the, you know, being more pop culture uh, friendly. I mean, Alex Frank from GQ actually did a really good write up on it uh, for the magazine flower boy. That is uh so he wrote like uh flower boy shows us a rapper slowly maturing into adulthood, casting off the childish and repugnant actions of his past in an attempt to better discover himself. It's a wonder to behold in any man, but for one of hip hop's most popular artists, it's nothing short of a, of a small political act. Tyler may not have earned forgiveness with his past, but he will rightfully continue to be judged that he will rightfully be continued to judge by. But Flower Boy is the first time he's ever earned the right to penance. So, like, I think if there are and Al and and friggin' Alex Frank is a great writer, and yeah. um, I think that if if you know if someone who's you know who we generally is respected in their critical analysis can really, you know, see that growth, especially, you know, as a gay writer, because like, that was my problem with Tyler, the creator before and why I'm like, this guy isn't like pop culture viable, but he became it anyways, because I think a lot of people look past it. I wasn't too happy with it. But then once I started listening to flower boy, I'm like, okay, this is really fucking, this is like a really incredible piece of music that really can't be ignored. Yeah. I think for, for me, like, you know, I, was in the blocking sphere when Tyler, when we discovered Tyler, I think I watched, you know, those first kind of shock horror videos when they were at, uh, you know, under 50,000 views. And I was like discovering odd future in the world building there. And I remember the hype of Earl. I think I always had a question about, you know, where Frank Ocean kind of fit into it. And I always felt like yeah. he was kind of shoehorned into odd future. And I, and I still have questions about that. And I don't know if I've ever had any satisfactory answers, but, you know, I think you look back at that project and you see what Earl is doing with Mike and the rap kind of crew that he's cultivated for himself. Um, and that's going really well. You know, you watch Lord of Squad and it really holds up to this day. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have Domo on this new album. Uh, Jasper's, you know, still around. You know, Mike G. 
I believe he's what the nephew of Warren G. He's doing yeah. chop and screw stuff. I love he's one of my favorite. He's a great rapper, great feature guy. You know, they've really bloomed into something that, you know, they came, they took over rap, they had all the hype and the, the kind of things around them. Tyler as a leader has maintained his persona. He has evolved, you know, he's discovered and wrestled with his own sexuality in public, which is a really hard thing to do. And he's put out really beautiful and thought provoking music. Well, during the course of doing that. And I think that is something that's really, really important. An odd future. Like it was all they did was, is like plug pure creative energy into the internet and just plug it into online spaces and it just watch it like spread like wildfire because um, like that's the whole thing's built on it. I think that's why there was, the kind of culminating around each other. And it's interesting again about the Frank Ocean thing, because he seems just a little bit more, especially right from the beginning, maybe Tyler, the creator now is a little bit, is methodical as I would describe it. But like Frank Ocean has always been, I feel like he's always been super thoughtful and precise with what he does. And everyone just like, I think he's one of the few people who can get away with not putting out a bunch of music in a while, but everyone still is like, can you fucking, can I get it please? As soon as possible. Yeah, and I think that there's something interesting to be said there because, you know, Frank Ocean right off the bat was this kind of super size, larger than life figure. And then you had this kind of boys club that was Odd Future going on at the same time. And he was somehow a part of it, even though he was like, you know, seven years older than them, um, which I didn't really understand, you know, the fitting, but they had really great management by Clancy at the time and they kind of took over LA and they had skate shops and they had a really cool youth movement building. And now we're, you know, far removed from that. And people, I think question all the time is, could you do another odd future in this day and age? And, you know, I don't think so. I don't think it would have worked in the same way because, you know, yeah. society's progressed, society's grown a little bit. But then you look at Brockhampton and, and they give you some of that same energy. And, you know, Kevin Abstract has said that he doesn't exist without Tyler, the creator. And mm-hmm. when I first heard of Brockhampton, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, these guys are doing all future part two. But, you know, we're evolving and they were very open with their sexuality and they changed, you know, the ways that we looked at uh, that in rap and in pop. And, you know, we talked about the boy band thing on the episode that we did. Uh, reviewing their project which you can go back and listen to but i think there's a lot going on there and i think there's a lot going into this album so let's talk about this album a bit what did you think about it initially what you know what did you think of dj drama on here uh well i mean he's amazing his work's really fucking great the albums he puts out are really good and again tyler the creator if you know thanked him as well i think he's a really good partner for because like Tyler the creator you can talk to I feel like like he produces too so you can get on that level and like I I just really think it it was really well put together and again a bare bones a more bare bones hip-hop album that is just really really high quality that I loved listening to like I've been listening to this thing non-stop and like the tracks on which would you would you call this bare bones yeah, I th- I think well, this is his version of bare bones that you're gonna get oh. now. But like, I think this yeah. is a, a proper hip hop album. Yeah, for sure. I I think and also don't think I I think it's well put together. I don't think it's overtly complex sonically though. Not like some of his pre- previous efforts. Like I think this is like it really relies. Well, I think, on, I think there's I think a lot on, happening. Yeah, 
yeah. on this album, though. You know, I think, you know, we're getting, like, a couple songs that are, what, like, nine-minute long or, like, seven-minute long songs. Yeah, um, I think what know. the thing is, though, like, what it lives and dies on is his ability to rap and the features. Yeah. Like, that's what he set as the centerpiece. Whereas, like, Flower Boy, obviously all the lyrics and, you know, the vocals and the the, the rapping that is in it kind of all come together but it's this little bit it's it's a little bit more of a collage of styles it's dreamier it's this like if this if tyler the creator wasn't a good rapper it wouldn't work it just like it just wouldn't sound as good which i think i agree with as well and i think that for a long time he's not really considered in that rap conversation but i think this album you know we look at the sales numbers and we know he has a rabid fan base. We know who he is now. He's grown, he's matured. So I think you kind of have to switch that up, that conversation, switch up that narrative a bit. And there's been talk too, which I saw online, which I thought was really funny or a friend sent to me basically was, you know, is Tyler, the creator better than J Cole? I I have this in my notes because like we were talking about, you know, because there's been this talk lately, like, what is the hip-hop Mount Rushmore? So, like, of this, like, generation. And the obvious ones are Jay-Z... Sorry, no, sorry, not Jay-Z, sorry. Are fucking J. Cole, uh, Kendrick Lamar, and Drake. And there's a fourth, I guess. I don't know who's going to be the fucking uh, imperial ra- racist-ass Teddy Roosevelt uh, of the group. But, like, uh, like, how many more classic albums does Tyler, does Tyler the Creator have than J. Cole? Like his three. I mean, to me, like I he's, think he he he's made better music. I don't. It's like way no. We've ne- when have we talked about this run that J Cole is on? We're like waiting for this guy to do the classic album. He has not done it. I mean, Revenge of Dreamers is it to me? But yes, I I agree with you. No, but like what I but we even said this yeah. on the J Cole review that we just would like the J Cole. We I, like if J Cole's albums were just the Dreamville albums with a few less features. That would be good because the Dreamville albums are bangers 100%. Like that, again, the fucking the last Dreamville album is fucking incredible. Like I, I fucking, yeah. I, I listen, those Dreamville albums are awesome. That's what I want J. Cole to be doing. But his yeah. albums don't turn out that good. I like fucking Dreamville is a completely different story for me. Like Tyler, the creator to me on this album it has evoked more emotion out of me. It's made me reflect more than the, the previous Shea Cole's albums. Even though there's some songs that connect with me, you know, about his hometown that, you know, felt like my hometown, which I liked. Yeah. But I think he also was utilizing features in a better way, like, um, which we will get to. And I don't want to jump there quite yet. Um, but first I wanted to talk about, I think, in the realm of features is DJ Drama. What did you think of his inclusion of DJ Drama on this? Are you a fan of the Gangster Grill series? Do you like? Uh, do you listen to mixtapes with him hosting? Like, did you find this weird or? No, I really, really liked it. To be very honest with you, I mean, we'll do our reviews at the end. I'm giving this one of the highest reviews I've ever given. I, I, th- I thought it, I thought it worked out well. Again, they can talk on the same level. The Gangster Grill series. I was just listening to the last one uh, before you know before we were talking and. Uh, it's like I think it works really well, and I think this could be a partnership that could like keep going. You know what I mean? Like I like I I think that like in the same way you see, guys- I don't think it has to be because like I think that's why you do this, and I think you know Gangsta Grills has been a rite of passage in hip hop for a long time, and you know you look back on the raids with DJ Drama, Don Cannon. 
you know, their impact on the mixtape culture. And I think, you know, you pull up that Tyler tweet that everyone, you know, had pulled up after this album came out where he talked about wanting a gangster grills. And that's what this is. And he's giving it his version of that. And to me, like, I look back on the the album that Charles Gambino gave us, Donald Glover, with, with DJ Drama on it, which I believe was Stone Mountain, mm. which, you know, evoked the same qualities for me, where it's like, hey, I'm an out-of-the-box, left-field rapper, but I love this hip-hop thing. I love, you know, I grew up on Little Wayne tapes. I grew up on Gucci Mane tapes. I you know, love Gangsta Grills. I think they are important and I want to bring that into my listenership, but I want to do it in my way. And that's what Tyler gave us on this. And I think a lot of people, you know, are going to be like, oh, I want the DJ free version. I don't get why Don like DJ drama is here talking over this or, you know, saying, and we out and like, you know, his, his famous taglines, which as a hip hop fan, like I know very well. And like, I expect them and I'm looking for them. And I think that, by giving us this left field music, you know, real instrumentation and all these other things, but keeping it in this realm, it's something special and it's something for the moment. And we know the lengths that Tyler can reach and the heights he can hit. And he's giving us those in this hip hop context, which I think is important. And I think that transitions this a little bit from Igor. Yeah. I, I like, I, again, I'm all for the, um, you know, I'm all for the, the the inclusion of DJ Drama on this. I really enjoyed it. I like I, I like this. This is a really good album. So I'm I'm I'm. Down. I think I think in the same way that Igor has a concept, I think that that is a concept for for this album. You know, DJ Drama yeah. hosting it. You know what? That's a really good point. That that that's a really good point, and I I, I think that he's one of. I mean. He, he's mentioned that he you know he talking to dj drama and wanting to collaborate with him and like really being influenced by dj drama's work and i listen i i like that one thing i like about him is that you know he in like kanye west he's like this is a sound i want this is who i'm gonna bring in to help me get that sound whether from a lyrical point from producing point all this stuff you know what i mean so i i, I think it's i think he's savvy in doing that and I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought this was a really great... The, the collaborations on this were good. So I think, you know, what this does for me too is it makes me mourn the loss of If You're Reading This Too Late, hosted by DJ Drama, which was the initial plan for it um, before Drama oh, and Drake had a I didn't know out. that. That would have been fucking sick. So that alone caused the rift between DJ Drama and Drake which expanded to Meek Mill and Drake, which really oh. tore you know hip hop apart for a while and brought in the ghostwriting accusations uh, against Drake. So DJ Drama was initially geared to host. If you're reading this too late, it was supposed to be Drake's mixtape. You know, I think in the tradition of what Charles Campino wanted to do, what Tyler Creator just did, but you know Drake harkens back to Little Wayne, the DJ Drama and Little Wayne tapes. You know. Everyone else DJ Drama has worked with hosting tapes for uh, Jeezy, you know, Gucci Mane, so forth and so on. So that's the energy that Drake captured on If You're Reading This Is Too Late, which is a great and classic mixtape, uh, classic album to it's, me. It's like my second favorite Jay-Z, uh, um, Drake uh, album. And I think, you know, for good reason, as, as it should be, you know, it rotates in my top three all the time. So I it's think so that good. energy was really captured there. And I would have loved to see that be in this kind of series of, you know, number one artists, you know, 
super impactful people who aren't necessarily from the same backgrounds as a Little Wayne or Jeezy or Gucci, but doing these tapes with DJ Drama because they love the hip hop and they love the genre. Yeah, 100%. So what were your standout tracks on, on this album? Well, speaking of DJ Drama, the opening track, Sir Baudelaire, fucking incredible amazing yes so good it was just like so good right off the back um then corso i love Lemonhead. uh Lemonhead with uh 48 doug uh what's your name i love that shit i act uh obligatory lil wayne feature i actually enjoyed it lil wayne has been on a feature run lately though i have to we have to give some it's been it's been good it's still obligatory lil wayne though he's just there he's which which i'm fine because it could be worse it could be like obligatory macklemore which Mm, i couldn't even think macklemore's I don't think Macklemore ability but can you imagine, uh, sorry, obligatory. But can you imagine if Macklemore became obligatory? Like, I'm just happy that yeah. it's Lil Wayne who became obligatory. Uh, Juggernaut yeah. with Lil Uzi Vert and Pharrell. I mean, Pharrell is even fucking rapping on this. Yeah. Wilshire, like, it's it, it just, I really, really, really like this album. Like, I, 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 it's really good. I really, there wasn't a track I didn't like on it. Those were, like, some of the standouts, though. I think there's like something kind of for everybody on this. Yeah. This album to me is amazing. Uh, it's going to be in rotation for me for the summer. I don't know if this is my summer album yet. I think I'm still kind of waiting for that, you know, summer smash. I didn't know we're waiting for on here. We got stuff. We got, we were old albums. Uh, we, but I think like Lemonhead with 42 Doug is amazing on here. And I think I'm going to kind of transition this favorite out. Uh, favorite tracks on this into the feature list because this feature list is really cool uh what's your name with uh young nba young boy and ty dollar sign which i thought was you know really inspired feature listing like we're seeing tyler work with people that you know you don't really expect he's got detroit guys on here he's got tizo touchdown which i'm like well, that's really left field i've never heard of fanna hughes before but she uh did really well on, on her part there Brent Fayez is having an incredible run. I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, we had Jamie XX here. Obviously, Fantastic. like you said, Little Uzi Vert and Pharrell. Um, but the production on here stands out. We have Domo from, you know, classic Odd Future. Uh, Little Wayne gives one of his best verses that I've heard this year, other than Fouché. Pretty sure RZA um, so has a credit rap. on one. I'm pretty sure RZA has a credit on fucking Lumberjack. Does he? I believe so. I'm now. I'm looking. Now I'm fucking looking it up. Uh, now I'm looking, oh. looking it up. Looking it up. Tyler the Creator. Boom. Robert Diggs is Rizzo. Yeah, yes, he Ro- does. Robert Diggs is Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have it's, Frank confirmed? Ocean with spoken word on on Lemonhead. Yes, confirmed. Yes. Okay. So confirmed Rizzo. Like that's a, that's what I'm saying. I think like, I wanna... this is. Yeah. This, this is like it's pretty intense who they got on it, and I love the uh, I love the fucking Domogenesis fucking. Like, I love that. I thought it was great. It's fucking really good. Yeah, this album, to me, is the album I want to hear from Tyler Creator. It's more interesting than a lot of things I've heard this year. He's really expressing emotion in a real way. The songs really connect with you. Um, He's talking about current politics, current events on it. He's talking about, you know, his growth. Um, This is, for me, is my Tyler Creator album in that four-album run, which I know all of them are amazing, but this album connected Mm -hmm. with me more than uh the other previous three yeah i like it. it's i would definitely agree i like a flower flower boy touches different buttons i think but i think this is probably i mean i know we're i mean it sounds like we're dovetailing into his discography but like for me it's it's the it's probably the best 
is it is this the best in his discography you think yeah i think when you're talking about like the last three like especially with the last three albums whether for me it's are, the, are the last three is that what you kind of based on and, and consider his yes like, 100 important part 100 of his and i think i would agree with 100 you, you know? 100 like, goblin wolf kind of served their purpose i think cherry bomb we get into like a turning point but i think in this run of you know cherry bomb to igor and call me if you get lost is uh a huge a huge turning point um this is a great like this is an all-time run him, yeah like th- these three yeah like, we're seeing him grow and mature i wonder if he will and he has the songs enough for it i wonder if he's going to get to that point where he's going to connect with audiences in a, in a different way yeah he's going to bring because you know what because he's so open to collaboration that he'll just bring in like he will he will surround himself with the right people to create a different sound yeah uh, so yeah, for me, this is the number one, uh, I, I, I like it's between this and flower boy, uh, because the artistry flower boy is fantastic, but like this hits all my, it's there, there are definitely different moods for this, but, um, just hitting the hip hop buttons for me, the, the, like this album is my favorite title of the creator album. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I'd say the same, like, I, because I'm such a hip hop head and I think like for me, I kind of struggled with Tyler for a little bit cause you know. I grew grew up, you know, along with him and I, and I watched him, you know, do new things and try new things. And, you know, I'd run into odd future guys in the city when they came on tour and I had friends in, in common with them. Um, I always kind of like figured out what I thought of of the, what they were doing um, from a journalistic standpoint, but also from like, you know, a creative standpoint. So I think to see them kind of turn this corner and Tyler to mature and grow into this new artist that he has become, it makes me really excited for what he's going to do next, because I think that he has so much runway to experiment with and to grow on. And I think he's just only going to get better from here, but I'd like to see his fan base kind of, which I think they are maturing with him, but I, I wonder about that too. Like, you know, how long this flogna type stuff is going to last for mm-hmm. before it becomes a little bit more easier to connect with. Completely agree. So where do you think, you know, he kind of fits in? And I think that's kind of been a little bit of a question for, for a while now is that like, you know, how does he fit in in the hip hop box? Because he's a little bit left field, but he's selling really well and he's huge. Um, people know his name. He has a huge festival. He has the clothing lines. He has, Converse, you know, he's done the Gucci stuff, which he mentions. He's creative. He wants to get into movies and stuff like that. We know his talent. We know his taste level. Does he deserve to be ranked higher? Does he deserve to be in more conversations? Is it because he makes a little bit alternative music that he's not there right now? Does he even want to be in those conversations? Because, like, I don't think he's that, you know, he's fluid. He's a fluid artist. He's a fluid actor. Yeah. He's doing things. I think that's what it is. I, I think that he would probably shudder at the thought of it because that would mean you're kind of putting him in a box. And uh, I, I, I think he is willing to go uh, wherever like the expression kind of moves him to go and he collaborates with whoever the expression moves him to collaborate with. And I think that um, it's hard to peg him as a hip hop guy. Like, I mean, again, we were mentioning the, you know, the Mount Rushmore, if you will, but like listen j like j cole just like in a pure technical sense is a better rapper but i'm like not into the roboticness of that 
analysis anymore because like I, you need some expression and some shit behind it you know what i mean and that's kind of what we got here so i mean for me uh i think you have to look at tyler the creator uh through the pop music lens rather than just the hip-hop lens but although this is a hip-hop album that you could absolutely observe through the hip-hop lens i think his music is at a point where it's a little beyond that and i think coming in behind this one with another one i mean you have to talk about comparing it to all-time runs to be honest with you because it's really hard to put that many good albums together with of that level yeah, of quality think, that people actually want to talk about, like we're talking about. I think the conversation is going to happen. And I think that, you know, sometimes in hip hop, because hip hop is a genre that really hasn't broken down in, into the subgenres and hasn't really fractured yet. Yeah. And I don't know if that's coming, but I think it, it kind of needs to come at some point, but I think that's what's kept hip hop alive for so long. You know, you kind of have this, dichotomy of classic hip-hop and we know that there are subgenres. we know what trap is we know that drill exists and then everything else is kind of like just in this blanket hip-hop space and doesn't really yeah. have you know accurate descriptors for it yet i also think that i think that's because of its uh like tied to pop music and like as the dominant uh you know as the kind of the dominant art form now like in music um, like when you're up towards the pop situation, you get, you're starting to get into cross pollinization. You know what I mean? Every time you do something, people see it and then they start doing it too. So it naturally gets rid of the, the boundaries and the analysis, you know what I mean? And the, you know, the, like every, the taxonomy, everyone trying to be like, this is in this box. This is in that box. Like trap is trap and it's a regional sound, but it's become so evident in hip hop all around, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think, Hip-hop has an interesting dichotomy because you have, just like with pop music, pop music exists to kind of codify white music um, away from black music, and hip-hop mm -hmm. being a predom uh, predominantly black genre has kept it in this kind of class positioning where it mm -hmm. doesn't really get to uh, acknowledge its influence on pop music. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, that's a really good point, too, which is a shame because, like, you're hearing like even like pop artists are, are like are working with hip-hop beats you know what i mean so like yeah like it, it's it's evident but i i do agree with that analysis that um you know classism and to an extent racism prevents that that proper analysis of what it is and how important it is so i think you know maybe as hip-hop fractures in the future or you know we look at music differently in the future and we say oh well this was a movement out of this city or this was this from this city and historians kind of recount things we'll get a better picture of what hip-hop has done and, and the heights it's reached and what kind of music people were making but i think right now being in it it's not really available to us mm -hmm. so i'm excited to see how we get to look back on hip-hop in a few years and uh understand you know the runs of some people and what classics are because it's easy to call stuff from the 90s classics because they were breaking new ground we also know what classics kind of came out in the 2000s and yeah. 2010s and we kind of base some of that stuff on sales some of the stuff on feels but i think looking back and seeing influence is going to change the way that we talk about what was classic and what changed the game and what people are making in that future yeah and i think that's an interesting point because it's really influence like i because if you were to go look at in rock music and even like a band like the velvet underground and their effect on pop music like if you went by how many albums they sold 
they would not be among like they would not be regarded so highly but it's when you hear people and this is what i think part of the the looking back at griselda in a decade from now is going to be part of is that like when all of a sudden people like yeah i listen to them yeah i listen to them yeah i listen to them yeah i sound like this because of them and they inspired me to do this you start to look at artists in a different context and like wow and then you start to all of a sudden see the through lines between that artist and maybe an artist that you didn't think of but is heavily influenced you know what i mean agreed agreed well kyle i want to say thank you so much for joining me this was a really great talk this was a really great album and i think me and you were both gonna have this on our some of our year-end lists what do you yo, think yo, yo. what are we rating it what are we what, what, what i think it what's the what's your rating oh that's a good question um i'm all the way up on on the patented minor foundry cog rating system i have this at a nine I have this as a 10. I loved it. This is the first time. I this is have... everyone. Let's take a pause here. This is Kyle's. I believe your first 10. We might have to run back some tape, but this, I believe this. Is yeah, first 10. this is the first 10. I think this is the only one to dethrone Taylor and folklore as like the, my favorite that I've kind of reviewed right now. Although that Benny, the butcher one was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, I have this as a 10. This isn't, it's a really incredible album. And I think that's a, this is a well-deserving 10. Um, and I'm excited to continue listening to this album. All right. Thank you for joining me. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Remember to rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends.